0: Hello, my friends. Welcome into this very special edition of the JMAC Podcast. So glad that you are here with us. And uh, you may be asking, JMAC, why are you on so early? Normally, we do this at about 930. Well, every Thursday in July on Thursday evening at this time, we're going to tackle a major issue and we're going to get to the bottom of it and we're gonna provide solutions and ideas. We're gonna find common ground and we're gonna demonstrate that it is possible to actually have real conversations about real issues without the toxicity, without the fear, without the hatred and without the anger. Uh, Please take a minute and let me know where you are listening in from, but I really hope that you will take this video tonight and that you will share it with as many people as you can. I know you may be asking, why are we talking about election fraud again? And I have to tell you that I continue to feel that this is perhaps one of the most important issues facing our country right now. And that we are heading for a storm that may potentially destroy this country if Republican leadership does not stand up for what is right. And this particular issue is the final straw that uh, broke my back and sent me running from the Republican Party. Uh, I didn't like how Trump handled COVID. I didn't like a lot of the Republican response to COVID, but this issue of election fraud is the reason that I left. It is the most important issue on the table. You think inflation is bad? You think high gas prices are bad? I am here to tell you, that this is the issue that could destroy a nation. And I will tell you why I believe that tonight. And I will tell you, I, I will issue an indictment against Republican leadership and our own Republican delegation here in Utah. And I will demonstrate exactly how you can know That there was no election fraud. Exactly how you can know that Republican leadership knows that there was no election fraud, that Chris Stewart knows there was no election fraud. I can demonstrate that for you tonight and I will do so. So please share this with everyone that you can. We must Put this idea to bed once and for all. And we must, we must expel, I don't know what the word is, uh, but get rid of, at least in the public eye, the one man who is perpetuating the fraud and the lie, who is now saying that the only thing left is to decide when he is going to announce that he is running again. And so imagine the man perpetuating the lie of election fraud, running again, and I believe losing again, because he creates more opposition than he creates support. And what is he going to do when he loses again? He's going to perpetuate the lie even more. And when people of this country feel that two elections were stolen from them, I am telling you, that could be it. That could be it. This must be dealt with. And the fact that it is not being dealt with by Republicans is the number one way that you can know that they do not believe for a single second that election fraud happened. Their inaction towards election fraud is all you need. I'll present to you other things tonight, but their inaction about election fraud is all you need to see and know to know that they don't believe it happened because if they believe it happened and they have done nothing and they are relying on the my pillow guy to uh resolve the issue of election fraud if they are doing nothing and they truly believe in their heart that the election for the president of the United States was stolen, there should be no other issue on the plate. This should be the constant drumbeat. Instead, what do they just say? Oh, oh, well, okay. It was stolen. All right. I guess. What do we do? Donald Trump saying it was stolen, but I'm going to run again under the same system. This is this is unbelievable madness and it is obvious, obvious to anybody paying attention that Republicans do not believe it. Republican leadership do not believe it. But the other day, I'm having a conversation with some guy and he asked me, do you believe that Trump won? And I said, no. And he got all upset at me and got in his truck and drove away because he's convinced Why is he convinced? Because Donald Trump told him so. I'm telling you that this could break us. It could break us. Uh, Carol, joining us on Facebook in Salt Lake. Thank you for joining us. Michael on uh, YouTube from Weber County. Jake, joining us from Tooele. Orion, uh, joining us, saying blockchain voting. Uh, Elliot on Facebook, joining us from Stansbury Park. Let me ask you a question. If you're an elected Republican official, and you're in leadership, or you're just an elected Republican official, and you believe in your heart that the election was stolen. What do you do? What do you do? What what would be your primary focus until the next election? Would you be tweeting about inflation and gas prices? You know, just for kicks, I went through as far back as I could... on Chris Stewart's Twitter account who said on January 6th, there was plenty of evidence to justify voting against the certification of uh, President Biden. I can't find any other tweets about election fraud. What do you do? The, the, The way I see it, there are two valid, responsible... Uh, responses to the election fraud claim. These are the two that I consider to be viable responses. Response number one, you believe it. And if you believe it, you spend every single day of your uh, time in Congress trying to get to the truth. And to find the people who did it and to put them away. You spend every single moment. Why? Because if the White House was stolen, there is no democracy. If the White House was stolen, there is no constitution. If the White House was stolen then everything that we hold dear is now gone and cannot be relied on and cannot be trusted so if you believe in your heart that the white house was stolen how could you how could you focus on anything else i mean wouldn't that be your mantra everywhere you went wouldn't that be your claim and demand at every turn, at every corner? That's response number one that I would consider to be a viable response. Response number two, and by the way, the only people who are uh, following response number one are the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Matt Gates, and our own Burgess Owens. Option number two is you've looked at the evidence and you can't find any election fraud. Now, keep in mind at the January 6th commission, we have seen Republican after Republican after Republican after Republican say that there was no fraud and that they told Trump to his face that there was no fraud. So option number two is you don't believe there is fraud. Are you quiet then? No, that's not an option because you have somebody with tremendous following and and a tremendous platform every time he opens his mouth saying that the election was stolen, destroying people's faith in our democracy, destroying people's faith in our constitution. Now, if you choose, if you know there was no fraud and you choose to shut up and not say a word and not come out and say Trump is wrong and you do that because you need his endorsement to keep your job, that is not upholding your oath. That is not upholding the Constitution. That, in my opinion, my friends, is corruption. You are choosing to let the lie stand so that you can keep your job. And I watch on Chris Stewart's uh, uh, Twitter feed this uh, this letter uh, Donald Trump endorsing Chris Stewart. Well, if Chris Stewart doesn't believe that election fraud happened. And if he doesn't have evidence that election fraud happened, Chris Stewart should be denouncing that endorsement and saying, I do not want the endorsement of somebody who continues to destroy people's faith in our democracy. But instead, he accepts the the endorsement willingly, gleefully. Gleefully, he accepts it. Has Chris Stewart spent the last two years trying to find the fraud? Trying to identify where it is and and when it happened? No, he moved on the next day. He was over it. How many Republicans the day after January 6th, the day after they just moved on? That never even happened. And every time that Trump makes his election fraud claims, not a word. We just ignore it. It doesn't happen. That's not protecting the Constitution if you don't believe election fraud happened. So you have, in my opinion, one of two choices. Election fraud happened, and you should be fighting every single day to restore our democracy. Or option two, it didn't happen. You have no evidence that happened and you should be shouting down and criticizing the man who perpetuates the lie. Those are the two viable options in my opinion. If you have credibility, if you are honest in your heart, if you are a person of character. The Republicans didn't choose option one, and they didn't choose option two. They chose option three, which is an option that shouldn't be available. That option is silence. Silence. Every time Trump goes to a rally and says it, silence. And when Trump announced that he's running again, silence. And he'll talk about election fraud again. Silence. That silence is there so you can keep your job. And it is not a viable option. It is not. It is absolutely a sign of corruption and hypocrisy. And if you are somebody who knows that, the, that there is no evidence to support these claims, but you sit there silent. You do not represent the Constitution. You do not represent truth. And you are not a person of integrity. And that's what I'm afraid the leadership of the Republican Party has become. That's what it is. Either you fight to the death to prove that the election was stolen. Or you tell the man who perpetuates the lie to stop because he's destroying our nation. Option three of silence is in my opinion, an admission that you know exactly what's going on, but you're afraid to criticize it because you know you'll lose your job. And that means the most powerful thing in our country is not the Constitution. It's Donald J. Trump, at least to the Republicans. Uh, Todd Barton on YouTube says, was the election stolen? Short answer, no. Long answer, no. Michael Shelton says, I'd be gathering actual verifiable evidence and taking it to the authorities before I even tell anyone else about it. I would not be taking hearsay to the press. They're not doing anything. They have moved on. They are not doing anything while the man continues to spread the lie. Nothing. And and the the despicable thing is that the lie is not new. This is a man who, uh, by my recollection, has claimed election fraud in three different elections not not one but three and we're still going to consider him to be to be viable what three elections are we talking about well here's the first one 2016 primary donald trump loses the iowa caucus to ted cruz he tweets based on the fraud committed by Senator Ted Cruz during the Iowa caucus, either a new election should take place or Cruz results should be nullified. This is what this man does. He cannot stand to lose. And when he does, he lies. And when millions of people believe those lies, it can get to the point where it threatens our country. When was the second time he lied? Well, after it was, it was very interesting. It was right after he won the election. And a reporter asked him, uh, how do you feel that you didn't win the popular vote? Oh, Trump couldn't stand that. He couldn't stand that he didn't win the popular vote. So then came the second election lie. I actually won the popular vote because millions of people voted illegally. That was his second election lie. That that lie caused a commission to be formed. Millions of dollars to be spent. People rushing out to find Donald J. Trump's lie. Not his lie, his truth about election fraud. It was never found. And the third lie, that the White House was stolen from him by Joe Biden. This man is a known liar when it comes to election fraud. And Republicans will continue to support him. Now, I understand when your everyday citizen who is watching certain news channels every day when they get caught up. But I will not forgive Republican leadership. I will not forgive Chris Stewart. I will not forgive anybody, especially those who were in the building on January 6th, for choosing option three, silence. Your silence is deafening. It is an admission of your knowledge of the truth. (sighs) Heather says, Hey Jay, I'm glad I caught you on live. I've missed your opinions. Um, Jake says, We live in a time where the major parties only care about the truth. So as far as it is useful, if not, Lies will do just fine. There is no other choice in my opinion. And every single recourse that was available was used. The courts... The Supreme Court, legislators. Now it appears, at least from the evidence that we've seen, that there was an attempt to install fake electors. We covered all of this when it happened. Donald Trump, no, I, you know, I used to think, um, I used to think that uh, Trump believed it anyway. You know, that he was just so naive that he believed it, that he just, his ego wouldn't let him uh, believe that he got beat by Joe Biden. And so he just was convinced it had to be fraud. With all the testimony that we have heard now from Republicans who told him to his face that this didn't happen. No, he knows. He knew then. He knows now that he is lying and he doesn't care. And that's one person. But it is all of the Republicans around him who sit in silence and do nothing. You are the ones who I believe ultimately will be held responsible and who should be held responsible. Because you know the truth. You should be either out there fighting tooth and nail to get the truth out there, or or you should be telling the man spreading the lie to stop destroying people's faith in our elections. Those are your two responsible choices. You chose option three, silence. It's pathetic, it's dereliction of duty. It's pathetic. And part of it is that it plays on people's ignorance about how uh, the election system works. And I am convinced that Donald J. Trump does not know how our systems work. He never took the time to find out how our election systems work. That's why he was so afraid of mail-in ballots That's why he's so afraid of drop boxes, because he doesn't know how our election system works. He thinks that you can get a blank ballot, run down to, I was going to say Kinko's, it's not Kinko's anymore, run down to FedEx and copy as many ballots as you can and stuff them in a ballot box and they will be counted. I guarantee you that's what he thinks. I guarantee it. He thinks that somebody stuffed 10,000 more ballots into Georgia's uh, collection boxes and that when they went through the machines, they were counted. That's how stupid he thinks our system is. Did you really think in our modern times that we have a system where if it's printed on a piece of paper, we count it. It's ridiculous. It's outrageous. If you took any time whatsoever to figure out how our system worked, you would know that in order to game the system in at least five different states would be the most astounding, the most remarkable the most historical event ever to occur in history. Because that's not how it works. Give you an example in Georgia, I can tell you how it works in Utah. There is a voter file. It's an electronic voter file. And they send out ballots to everybody based upon that voter file. Those ballots have the name of the person who is supposed to vote, they have the address, they have the barcode, and the electronic file has the signature of that individual. When that ballot is scanned through the machine, the evil dominion machine, it checks the electronic file for that particular voter. And it will register one vote, one vote for that individual. If 10,000 more ballots come through for that individual, it will still only register the one vote. If a ballot comes through and it does not match anybody in the voter file, it will not be counted. It gets chucked. So you could put you could put 200,000 extra ballots in in these drop boxes but they have to match the voter file. So if you're gonna actually game the system, somehow you've got to add a bunch of names to the digital voter file and then go out and print a bunch of ballots with those same names. You have to have access to the voter file and to the ballots. And for example, in the state of Utah, There's a barcode on the envelope and a barcode on the ballot. There's also a signature verification. So in order to pull off this unbelievable miracle, you have to be able to change both the voter file and The paper file. Now, in Georgia, they did several recounts. First, they went through the voter file to see if if individual voters had more than one vote. Then they did a paper uh, uh, audit. And then they did this crazy, amazing thing. They compared the paper ballots to the electronic voter file. And the craziest thing in the world happened when the Republicans in Georgia did an audit and compared the paper ballots to the digital voter file. Do you know what happened? They matched. They matched because there was no voter fraud. Now you have an occasional anomaly. You have the person who uh, their father died, but they got a ballot for their father. And so they decided they'd send that in as well. Uh, You get that from both parties. I'm not here to tell you there was no voter fraud. There's voter fraud every year. There's dead people who vote every year, but not 8,000, more like eight or nine. The audits matched. They matched. In order to game the system, you have to be able to change the voter file and then produce ballots to match that file. There is no voting system that will just accept every single ballot that you put in the voter system. It just doesn't work that way. This is not back in the 1900s when you're putting individual ballots in a box and you're just pulling them out and everyone counts. That's not what is happening here. (laughs) It's just, and so Donald Trump is playing on everybody's ignorance. Because they don't take the time to find out how the system works. And they think, oh, yeah, it it makes total sense. If you can stuff uh, one of these pickup boxes with a bunch of ballots that you printed up, then when those go through the machines, those are going to be counted. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And in fact, I want to give you a a better idea of um, Utah, just Utah's system, because people were calling for an audit in Utah and uh, a forensic audit. And so I spoke with uh, Sherry Swenson, Salt Lake County Clerk, and I asked her about this idea about being able to cheat the system, do we need a forensic audit, and she talks about our system here. I am curious about your thoughts about the calls to do an election audit in the state of Utah um, and, uh, you know, some of the concerns around whether or not votes are being counted correctly. General thoughts on that subject?
1: You know, I know and have a lot of confidence in our system. I think it's a small group of people that are making a lot of uh, noise about it. Quite honestly, out of we had 549,000-some-odd ballots cast in the November 2020 elections, and I've had about... I think it was the last count, about 85 letters that were a form letter for an election forensic audit for which there is no definition in our state code. I had about uh, a dozen of these little postcards and maybe 10 emails. And so when you put that in perspective, as far as the masses asking for some kind of a forensic audit it's Mm -hmm. minuscule. I feel like the voters in Utah have a lot of confidence in our our system, and we are not hearing a mandate for that at all. And so, you know, doing some kind of a, an audit of the database, like the lieutenant governor has suggested, I think is great. The clerks are on board with doing some additional checks. I want voters to feel confident, and I have confidence in the system. We know as county clerks and how hard we work to make sure that every vote is counted and that we do it accurately. So any additional measures we can take, I'm on board with, but going back and doing some sort of forensic audit, Mm -hmm. for which like I said, we have no definition for that, even in our statute, we have no process for that in our statute, I think would be a huge waste of money. Uh, And it would cost hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of dollars and it doesn't make any sense, but adding some additional measures going forward, I think is fine.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. We hear the story every, every time somebody got two ballots at their home, their father had passed away and they still got a ballot or they moved and they got a ballot in both locations. I know those things still happen. How close are we to, I know you have to keep up with, you know, death records and, and, you know, people moving and, and not registering or re-registering you're always going to have some of that, but are we getting close to the point where that's real time information and real time changes?
1: But you know, the thing that people really don't understand is we have a statewide database and that Mm -hmm. database for every ballot that we mail out, we have that correlated to a voter in the database. We have their signature on file in that database. And if we mail a ballot to someone that ballot has a unique ID number, And when that ballot comes back, it's correlated to the voter in that database. And so when it comes back, that unique ballot ID number then is scanned through. In our situation in Salt Lake County, we have uh, an Agilis machine. It has a barcode on the return ballot envelope and it gives that voter credit for having returned that ballot with that unique ID number. It pulls up their signature and then some of the verification of the signature is done by that uh, software in that mm-hmm. Agilis machine, like you, it's much like used in banks. And um, then it verifies the signature. And if it can't verify the signature, it's then pushed to a manual process and it goes through a second and a third pass to see if we can match the signature. So if the signature doesn't match, we send the voter a letter saying, you know, the signature doesn't match, they have a chance to cure that ballot. But the thing that's important, even if a voter moves and we send another ballot to another address, it is still correlated to that database and only a unique ID number for every ballot sent is counted for a voter and only one ballot can be counted for a voter. So if we send a different ballot to the same voter, it has a different unique ID number. And so it doesn't matter if we sent 10 ballots to a voter, only one ballot can be counted in that database. And it is uh, correlated to an active voter in that database. And again, same thing applies if they go vote in person. If they vote in person, they wouldn't be able to vote in person if they had returned a ballot and vice versa. So that database all is correlated one ballot per voter, doesn't matter how many ballots, if they move and have to receive another ballot, it has a unique ID number for each ballot sent and only one ballot can be processed in that database. And so even if it isn't real time, because we have people constantly moving but that database has a ballot assigned and only one ballot can be returned. If a new ballot is sent, that old ballot, the, the old address is spoiled. And then when it comes back, it's kicked out. Mm. And I wish I could show that to every, every person so they would see that, you know, even if somebody receives a ballot at an old address, it isn't, it isn't going to be counted because it would be spoiled. We get things back from the post office telling us that the, the voter has moved. We then spoil that ballot. We're doing updates with the NCOA, the National Change of Address, all the time. And we are then spoiling that ballot for that voter, making that voter inactive. We try as much as possible, but we can't keep track of every single sure. move that voter makes.
0: Sure. But pe- you know people are under the impression because they just hear what people are, are saying you know, in the media, they think if I got a stack of blank ballots and fill them out and send them in, that they would all be counted. No. But there's no way, because first the barcode is not on there, then it has to match an individual in the database. It's not going to. If they're all for one person's name, only one vote is going to be counted. So the, the fact that there's an electronic record and a paper record makes it much harder to game the system. And, and I think people just hear mail-in ballot and they think that anybody can go take their ballot down to a copy center and start you know zinging <laughs> off copies and sending no. them in. It can't work that way. If it was that no. simple, then they'd be right. It would be a ridiculous system.
1: Well, not only that, you know, they, you know, when you hear things like people could produce ballots in their living room and insert them into our system, that would never happen. It couldn't happen because they have, when we order ballots for individuals, they have to have that unique ID number Mm -hmm. correlated to that voter an active registered voter in the system in our statewide database. And they have to be in our envelopes with that barcode on the envelope, the return envelope. And it has to be, uh, when it comes back, that barcode on the return envelope with that unique ID number has to be connected to our system. They cannot insert ballots into our system and the signature has to match the signature of that voter in our file.
0: Yeah, I I love it. I'm a big fan of the mail-in ballots and anytime somebody says they're suspect, I ask them how. So there you go, Uh, Salt Lake County Clerk Sherry Swenson, uh, basically talking about people's ignorance about how how this works and how Donald Trump plays on ignorance and how (laughs) we just never allow a system where you could just just add 10,000 new ballots into a Dropbox and they would somehow be counted it is uh, you would you the only way to do it is if you could hack into the digital system and you would have to add all of that information signatures uh, addresses all of that information and then you'd have to print all of the ballots and then you would have to turn them all in and they would have to all match to be able to pull off something like that, and then to consider that every state does it a little bit different. And this is one of the other things I wanted to point out. One of the, the beauties of the Constitution is it says the states will decide how they will conduct their elections. So they all do it just a little bit differently. That makes it much harder to game the system because now they're using different machines, they have different processes, different setups, and so now it makes it even harder to do. But to to suggest that somebody is altering the digital file and then producing paper ballots to match the digital file is just beyond belief, it's beyond movies. Uh, and, and Michael on uh, YouTube says, I see super hackers that do that sort of thing on TV all the time. <laughs> uh, Bruv2727 uh, on Twitch says, Mail-in voting allows this election was legally stolen through mail-in voting. Uh, no, it was not stolen. Uh, I don't understand how you could say something was legally stolen. uh, That doesn't make any sense. Now, there were some things that we need to be upfront and honest about in this discussion. First of all, Donald J. Trump never one time alleged fraud in a court of law. Never. Not one time. He held up or Was it Kaylee McEnany held up that stack of affidavits from all those people that saw irregularities? Those were never presented in a court of law. You know this because you can see the court briefs. And I read every single one of those briefs because I'm crazy like that. Trump never alleged fraud in a court of law. He did have a legitimate claim in Pennsylvania, and I think one other state, but it's slipping uh, my memory right now. Um, And that was not about fraud. It was about uh, a law passed by the state legislature and whether or not that law was legally passed. And this is what we do. We see state legislatures. This happens all the time. A state legislature passes something. The other party or somebody else thinks it's unconstitutional. They challenge it in a court of law and it moves its way up the ladder until maybe it gets to the Supreme Court. Maybe it doesn't. There was a legitimate case in Pennsylvania that it was against the the Pennsylvania state constitution to send unrequested mail-in ballots to every single citizen. And having read the constitution, I think that that is true. I do not think that the state legislature had the authority to make that decision. But they passed the law like 18 months before the election. And nobody challenged it. The Republicans didn't challenge it. Nobody challenged it until after the election. And then once the election was over and Trump had lost Pennsylvania, they went back to the courts and they said, this was illegal for them to send out all of these ballots. What was funny is that a lot of Republicans had won using these ballots. But, of course, Trump tried to make the case in court that this was not within their constitutional purview. That made it all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court ruled on it. And they ruled against Donald J. Trump. And the reason they ruled against it is because there is a court standard. Now, I'm not an attorney, but I'll tell you my understanding of it is that when something like this happens you have a certain amount of time to challenge it and waiting until after you don't get a favorable effect in an election is waiting too long the 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 name for this decision is latches so they made the latches decision that if the republicans were going to challenge the, this law they needed to do it before the election not after but this was a legitimate claim so any if any time anybody says to you well the pennsylvania violated the constitution in sending ballots to everybody that's true i believe that to be true but the proper course of action happened It went through the courts. It went all the way up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court ruled on it. Bam, end of story. And that's not fraud. That's not a stolen election. That's simply a legal issue. And it was handled legally, which is where all of our election fraud issues should be taken care of. And when you go to a court of law and you allege wrongdoing, but you never even use the word fraud in your cases, but you're out in front of the American people saying fraud, and then and then it's your case was thrown out not because you didn't have any evidence, not because you didn't you didn't say the word fraud, but because those judges are activist judges and they don't like you. No, go back and read the briefs. There was nothing there. There's never been anything there. And that's why I go back to Republican leadership. And I tell them that if you have integrity, you have one of two choices, in my opinion. Either stand up and fight to restore election integrity if you believe this election was stolen or stand up and tell the man who was spreading the lie to shut up and to stop giving up your will and what you know to be true and your own integrity because you're afraid you're going to lose your job. If you would rather have the uh, election trust, the trust of the American people, eroded, if you would rather have that than lose your job, then you have no business being a representative. You have violated your oath to the Constitution, in my opinion, and you need to be replaced post- haste and once again the greatest evidence that there was no election fraud in action on the part of the republicans that's all you need to see that's all you need to know that's it that's it all right some of your um other comments here um Jake says the election wasn't stolen from Trump. He all but gifted it to Biden when he worked nonstop to convince his supporters to not vote by mail. That was certainly a big part of it. Uh, he, he, uh, He certainly chased them away from voting by mail, but a lot of them still stood in line and voted. I think that the reason Trump lost... I don't think it has anything to do with Joe Biden. I think it could have been anybody. I think the vote in 2020 was A-B-T, anything but Trump. And people are like, how can you say that he was so popular? And and no, that's that's not true. Trump is a divider. He has the ability to create a rabid following. Who will follow him and support him right down to attacking the capital of the United States? They will believe anything he says and anything that he does. But when you look in history at any person like this, the other side of the coin is that they create opposition. President Trump never made an attempt. To consider the other side. He never made an attempt to reach out to the other side. When anybody agreed disagreed with him, he assaulted their character, and he made them feel unheard, disenfranchised, and unwanted. He himself generated more opposition for himself then he created support. I don't think this election had anything to do with Joe Biden. I think that's why Democrats have turned so quickly against Joe Biden. And uh, that is why Donald Trump, in my opinion, that is why Donald J. Trump lost the election. He's the great divider, not uniter. And uh, typically, you will see a president, when they get an office, they will at least make some offering, some attempt to invite the other side into the process. And that just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. And he said some things that just inflamed uh, a lot of special interest groups. Um, it just really, uh, really was a mess. And I'll tell you one other thing that happened. Um And this is just based upon my own opinion, speculation here, but I've covered elections in newsrooms for 20 years. Uh, I've been there in the chair uh, watching the maps and sharing with people on the radio the election results. And back in 2016, I saw something very interesting happen. If you remember in 2016, Hillary Clinton was leading in the polls by 13 points at least. And uh, it was a given that she was going to win. I I think Donald Trump even knew that he was going to lose. And that he ran for other, other reasons. And what would happen as... I would cover elections is typically on an election night, it's kind of changed because of the reporting systems. But typically what will happen is the Republican will lead early. The early returns come in and the Republicans ahead and the Republicans get all excited. But the reason for this is because most of the red counties are small and they don't have a big population. And so they count pretty quick and their information comes in pretty quick. So what you have is all these red counties coming in, right? But in every election I had covered before then, at the end of the night, you get Miami-Dade coming in, you get Detroit, you get some of these big cities coming in and it overwhelms all of these red counties, just it just completely overruns them. That's what happened with, with Obama. And so every time I, I would cover an election and I'd watch that early red wave, I'm like, wait, guys. And on 2016, I was on the radio and I'm saying, just wait. We haven't seen these counties come in. We haven't seen the results yet. But guess what? The blue wave never came. And I've thought a lot about why the blue wave never came. Because if you look at Donald Trump's numbers in 2016, he didn't outperform what he was expected to get. What happened was Hillary Clinton underperformed. And I believe, pure speculation by JMAC here, I believe that. Because people heard in the news that Hillary was a lock, that she was up by 13%, I think people in those blue counties said, why go stand in line? Why go and, uh, you know, get out there? It's Miami-Dade. It's hot. Uh, You know, actually not as hot in November, but why go and stand in line? Hillary's going to win this thing. She's got it locked up. And so they didn't show up because of the polling. This is, again, my own speculation. And because of that, Donald Trump won. And the next day, there was a lot of polling and uh, Democrats were freaking out. And a lot of that polling and a lot of the people I, I saw said, we will never let that happen again. And I think that played into 2020. I think a lot of those people who stayed home in 2016 said, we will never stay home again. Our vote obviously counts. We are going to go out and we'll stand in line or we'll do the mail-in ballot or we'll do whatever we have to do because we were expecting to win in 2016 and we lost because we didn't show up. My opinion, use it um, however, uh, however you want. Uh, Let's see, Elliot on uh, Facebook. Trump knows how the voting system works, if not in 2020 now, because his advisors have explained it to him. He persists in his lies because he has an enormous market of people who want to believe him because of their hatred of those they disagree with. Trump is all too happy to sell them his snake oil. Um... There is uh, a quote that I have shared in the past, and I will share it with you again. This is from um, George Washington's farewell address, and it is where he is warning the American people about getting too addicted to the two-party system and what potentially could happen if you get too addicted to the two-party system. He said, the disorders and miseries which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual. And sooner or later, the chief of some prevailing faction, faction being another word for party, more able or more fortunate than his competitors turns this disposition to the purpose of his own elevation on the ruins of public liberty. Donald J. Trump is ruining public liberty. And the Republicans, in their silence, are helping him do that. And that is why I left the party. Because I cannot abide by it. I cannot. Uh, let's see. Stephanie joining us again on Facebook saying I love mail-in, uh, saying Jay Mac truth. Um, David says, Jay, I'm not disagreeing with you at all in regards to Trump not making any attempt to reach across the aisle. Has Biden done anything aside from saying he will work for everybody and be everybody's president. I feel like I haven't seen anything, but I wonder if I missed something. So Biden, when he first got in, he talked about unity. He has managed to get some things passed with uh, with bipartisan support, not a huge bipartisan support. But what I'm talking about is a difference between uh, even faking it let's just say you're you're faking it and you you don't you have no intent of working with the other side it wasn't just that trump didn't work with the other side it's that he abused them he used tactics of fear hatred and anger against them he elevated the rhetoric and the hyperbole to a place where we have never seen before. Now, until that point, both sides have participated in that. But Donald Trump was the absolute master, like we have never, ever seen before. And I believe we saw a huge backlash because of that. Does that mean that Joe Biden is a great uniter? Uh No no it doesn't has he made some verbal nods to try and get the other side yeah and he's gotten a couple of things passed um but is he out there every day assaulting uh verbally assaulting the right i don't know you you be the judge brad says jay do you think bernie sanders played a factor in donald trump's election seems to me that bernie Staying in the race so late and then unenthusiastically supporting Hillary was a factor in Democrats staying home on election night and really helped benefit Donald Trump's election. Thanks, Bernie. Uh, Brad, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I would have to go back and look at state by state and the Electoral College and see if there actually was uh, some type of impact there. Um, Stephanie says, Trump did some good things, but what he did in the end was extremely dangerous. I just can't understand why anyone would support him still after that. We need someone like Trump in his good things he did without his bad behaviors. I agree with you, J. Mack. He's dangerous. Stephanie, I'm really glad that you're willing to see and point out that Trump did some good things. Um, I I was on the radio during the time and, and people were confused by me. One day they were calling me a raging liberal because I didn't like something Trump did. And the next day they were calling me a raging conservative because I was supporting something that he did. I don't like to make anything about the man or the woman as a whole. I like to talk about their choices and their decisions. However, when it comes to what's happening with election fraud, I am taking it to another level of overall character and integrity for these people who are choosing silence and not putting down Trump when he continues these lies. I do believe it speaks to overall character and integrity. And so I am taking that uh, much farther than I normally would. Um, uh, David, R. E. Trump abused the other side. I've said the same thing to others. Biden was at least smart enough to say he would unite whether he has or not. Uh, David also says, agreed, Stephanie. And Stephanie says, amen, brother. Uh, my friends, I hope that you, I don't know if they'll listen. I don't know if they'll watch, but if you will please like this podcast, if you will please share it. Um, we're going to be every every Tuesday, not Tuesday, every Thursday night in July and maybe into August, we're going to take on a major topic and we're going to dive in with solutions and answers. I wish I could say that the lie of election fraud was well behind us. It should be if we had Republican representation that values integrity and character and honesty over keeping their jobs. We don't have that anymore. That is one of the reasons why I'm asking you to support me as I run for Congress if you are... In uh, District 2, you will see my name on the ballot, and I hope that you will consider that. And if you are not in District 2, you can still help by making a donation. Uh, Your money is going to make this happen, whether it's $5, $50, $2,900. If you've already made one donation, make another donation. Um, we need your support if we're going to create change. We need to choose people who will choose integrity over their jobs. And I promise you that I am that person. So thank you so much. Uh, and please, uh, please take a minute and go to jmacforutah.com and, uh, and donate. With that, I'm going to try and make this short tonight, uh, just because when people see my podcast in the last two hours, (laughs) they're less likely to to watch. So we'll sum this up uh, and keep it a little bit shorter tonight. I thank you once again for joining me and for all of your comments. I hope you have a wonderful night, and please, please take a minute to donate. Go to jmacforutah.com, and I'll be back with you next week. Thanks, everybody.